But I think the reason why I still have the passion and the drive and and the excitement about doing it is because I feel so strongly and so deeply behind the purpose of what my business is giving families that it just is like the driving factor. Hustle culture is cute in theory, but eventually it leads to burnout and lack of fulfillment. Then again, as enticing as it sounds to sit in meditation for years as a monk, abandoning Western culture altogether is not really an option for most of us. So where is the in-between? I like to think of it as a world where dreaming big and living slow coexist. I'm Tia, host of Dream Big Live Slow, a podcast for entrepreneurs like myself seeking a life of soul-filled work that still allows time for those slow moments that make us feel the most alive. Join me as we break down realistic mindfulness tools used by real entrepreneurs working towards a life of both dreaming big and living slow. Also, be sure to check out the end of every solo cast episode for free guided meditations. All right, let's do this thing. Okay, my friends, this episode is incredible. I mean, chills multiple times. Ashley is just so full of wisdom when it comes to bringing deeper meaning to the work that we do in this lifetime. So that's all I'm going to say for now. But before we get started, this is your friendly reminder that I say at the beginning of every episode (laughs) to share this podcast with someone you think needs it, will love it, needs to hear it. There are no sponsorships on this podcast. This podcast is built on wanting to share these messages with as many like-minded humans as possible. So whatever that means to you, sharing on Instagram, connecting with us on Instagram or sharing on Facebook, but telling a friend, texting them, you know, the old-fashioned call them up on the phone, say, hey, I know this podcast that I think you might like. Okay, you know how to speak to your friends, so I don't need to give you the proper words, but Basically, just so beyond grateful for everyone listening week after week. And I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed listening to my sweet friend, Ashley. Okay, here's the episode. All right. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in today. I am so excited because today we have Ashley Sutton on the podcast. Ashley is the brilliant mom behind the haircut box. She teaches other other parents how to give haircuts at home. But what she really gives families is so much deeper than haircuts. And yeah, we're going to dive more into that. But I admire Ashley for so many reasons. She prioritizes both her dreams and moments with family. And it's really beautiful to witness online. So Ashley, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Tia. That just like gave me chills. That was so kind of you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I just love love seeing how you blend work and life. And I definitely want to start, let's just start with your story because you had worked for like a decade in right. as a hairstylist, right? So right. how did you get started on your entrepreneurial path and how did it get you to where you are today? 
Well, it's kind of an interesting story. So I feel like I've kind of always had like an entrepreneurial spirit, but I went, I kind of did like the normal thing. I went and got my bachelor's degree and then I had leftover scholarships. So I'm like, I've always wanted to do hair. I'm going to go to beauty school. So I went to beauty school, absolutely loved it. I worked professionally behind the chair for almost 14 years and I loved it. I loved it so much, but I do remember every single time a mom would come in with their little boys or even like a husband or a dad would come in and have me cut his hair. I can't, I always, always thought, why are these moms spending all of this time to bring them in? It's never convenient to bring your kids into the salon to get their hair cut. And more than that, why are they spending their money with me when they could be saving that for something that matters a little bit more? So you know, for the longest time, I really wanted to do something, but I just didn't know what to do. I think a lot of us are caught in that same space of, I know I want to do something, but I have no idea what to do. So I started thinking what I was good at and what I could share with others. And at first I thought, well, I'm really good at like budgeting my money and spending it on things that I really love to do. I'm really good at playing. How am I going to make money on playing? You know, I'm actually really good at doing hair. And so it just kind of evolved into haircuts were a conduit to be able to do the more important things in life. So I started the haircut box, which is basically a box full of everything you need to give a really good haircut at home. But with giving haircuts at home, we'll give you the extra time that we all wish we had with our kids and our families and extra money to spend it on things that we love. So that's kind of how I got started of marrying all the things that I felt like I was pretty good at and just how I naturally lived my life into a business to hopefully help others do the same. Yes. that I want to talk more about that in a second because that is... I think you have done... You have brought such a creative way of blending both a passion and a purpose with your skill set. So I definitely want to dive into that. But first, I wanted to say we actually met at Susie's school. I was filming um, the one of the first ones and I, and I saw you there. And I was just there for the first day where like everyone was kind of introducing themselves. So I wanted to, I wanted to see if you could explain a little bit more about how, you know, you kind of started out, like how you came up, how you even got started with developing a product? Because I know that the intimidation factor for so many people and so many entrepreneurs is just getting started. And I saw you from that beginning place of like, you know, I have all these skill sets. That's us all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get, you know, kind of here and get started? So my sister-in-law, Susie, does a Susie School retreat where it basically teaches women all the all the ins and outs about Instagram, but more than that, how to um, start a business from purpose. Those words were all completely foreign to me. I was a mom, a four. I was really happy doing hair, and like I said earlier, I wanted to do something different. And at Susie School, you know, it kind of boils down to like, what's your purpose? What are the things that matter most to you? And mine was. I want to spend time with those that I love. I want to create memories with those that I love. And then it's like, well, crap, where like, where does that leave my business? And so how I got started was I 
I figured out what I was good at and what I could still keep that main purpose and create a business. Now, the intimidation factor was off the charts for me because I had never done anything like this. And at that retreat, I was on fire and I was so excited. And even then, I still felt so ridiculous, even saying out loud what I wanted to do. So um, I think that's an, I think that's the number one thing too, is just allowing yourself to be a beginner and allowing yourself to be like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know I want to be doing something. I think it, I think just as humans, that's just natural. Like everyone wants to be an expert from day one and that's just not how it works. So anyway, I was kind of on fire about my idea at the retreat and then I came home and I kind of came back because I was embarrassed and nervous and intimidated and I didn't really speak a soul to anyone about it for about six weeks. And then I finally got over myself and started working really hard at putting it all together. Uh, You've built something so incredible and Yeah, it's so humbling starting. I was having a conversation with a friend recently about how, you know, starting the business, it's like terrifying, exciting, you know, and then even, but even like keeping the business and the momentum going after you've gotten over that exciting, like jittery part. Totally. That's also just as hard. And I think so much of that has to do with staying passionate. So, how do you stay passionate about this work? Because, you know, you, you are primarily do everything yourself, right? Right. Yes. So that's a lot. <laughs> okay. So I will not lie and say that starting a business and being a small business owner is easy. It is a ton of hard work, but I think the reason why I still have the passion and the drive and, and the excitement about doing it is because I feel so strongly and so deeply behind the purpose of what my business is giving families that it just is like the driving factor. And I know that it's how we live and we're so happy with how we live that um, when, I mean, there's over 3000 happy families that have, you know, done it, like done our program And I get messages constantly about, I had no idea that I was, A, going to be able to spend quality time with my kid. That was a really cool part. Or we saved enough money that we actually went out as a family and went to the movies. We've never been able to do that. Wow. You know, just little things that actually aren't the little things. You know, if you really think about the most important things in life, for me, and I I think for a lot of people are spending the time and creating memories with our families. And sometimes we think that we don't have a choice of, of how we do that. And so with the haircut box, it, it allows people to have that choice of how to spend their money and how to spend their time. So that's, that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me excited about the company. That's what, you know, when I'm putting in these long hours being a small business owner, that's what keeps me going. That's amazing. And yeah, in business, you know, they talk a lot about at Susie School and at other retreats, things I've read, they talk a lot about finding your why. And in the mindfulness world, it's it's called the Dharma, which has the word Dharma has many meanings, but essentially one of them is your deeper purpose. And it's like, what value do you bring to the world? You know, 
no matter what your job is. And I have found that as well. Being anchored in that Dharma has been so, so keeps everything so aligned. And it's not, not like everything always feels aligned, but But you, yeah, overall. um, But when you're, when you're aligned, you can feel it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Always returning back to that. So what advice would you have for someone who, you know, is starting out and, or maybe they're in that phase where they're just like running on the hamster wheel, trying to keep up with their business, losing the passion, you know, how do they kind of find that deeper meaning behind their work? You know, that, I think that's the trick. I think that's the trick of being a happy, successful business owner, because those two being a happy business owner and a happy, successful business owner are, were very important to me. And I remember making myself a really deep promise of I'm going to fully be myself and I'm going to follow my gut and I'm going to stay as closely with my purpose as I can because no amount of success is worth me being unhappy, my family being being unhappy. So I think finding your deepest why, I'll kind of give you an example of how I found mine. I grew up just doing all the things, like doing, 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 doing. And we we did so many fun things and had a really great life. But I think what was missing for me was more of like a deeper connection. Now, sometimes the things that we want the most are the hardest things for us to give. And I knew that about myself. And as a mom of four, I really wanted to have like a deeper connection with my kids. And so I, I, you know, that was uncomfortable for me to think about and sit in. And I think that's kind of where, where our why and our purposes lie are those things that we maybe shy away from. And so I dug a little bit deeper into that and I realized that my purpose really was um, no matter what, I'm going to keep my family at the utmost priority. Mm. I'm going to keep like the things that are important to me, regardless of what that is, at my utmost priority. And I think you can carry that over into business. You know, a lot of times there are a million and a half things to do on our to-do list and it just gets the hamster wheel. Like you said, you're just busy, 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 busy. Instead of saying, you know, here are my 10 most prioritized tasks and purposes of the business. I'm going to allot my time evenly over those. And the things that don't matter, we're just going to let those go by the wayside. So as for advice, number one, just know it's going to take a lot of hard work, a lot of hard work and physically and emotionally. I mean, there's a lot of times that you totally want to give up because it is hard and it's emotional. And, you know, like I said earlier, being a beginner is hard and there's a lot of things that you don't know that you just have to figure out. So just know that there's going to be a lot of physical and emotional hard work and stay really close to your purpose. And um, Susie always says, money follows value. So, you know, at first when we start a business, we're like, oh, I'm doing this. I want to make some money. Actually, what we should really be pushing is value. What value are you adding people? What value are you adding yourself? What value are you building your community on? And I think once you build that value, it just feels really good. It feels really good to be able to add value to someone's life. 
Amazing. I love that so much. Yeah. Dream big, live slow. The whole point of this podcast is it's not about one extreme or the other, you know? And I feel like, but I mostly try to speak to us entrepreneurs who are often get so engulfed in the hustle very easily um, because we're so passionate about the, what we built. It feels really good to build something, see it come to life. Right. But I do think that you do such a beautiful job of like finding that sweet spot between dreaming big, living slow, right. even though living slow for you <laughs> means like riding dirt bikes, living adventures <laughs> with your family, um, <laughs> which I love by the way. So an adventure with your family. So, you know, what is, how have you found a way to, to either blend the two or to prioritize both? Okay. So mine is a little bit different because we have an actual product. And so I, I'm super passionate also about teaching my kids the whole process and instilling in them a really strong work ethic. So I basically took my family along with me and I let them see my highs and I celebrated with them and it was so fun. And I let them see my lows and, um, you know, they've watched their mom have some of the most exciting days of my life and also some of the very hardest days in my life. And not that I've put the, like the burdens on them, but I do think that teaching them that it's okay to fail because from the failure, it's you're going to get back up and you're going to try a little bit harder or you're going to, going to try something different. And so I was really passionate about like showing my kids a lot of life lessons throughout the way or throughout the time of building this. And so they've, they've helped with that. And also our, sorry, I'm kind of getting off track. No, you're not. What was your question? <laughs> My question was just like, f- how do you find that sweet spot between dreaming big and living slow? And you were totally on track. Okay. <laughs> how do I find the sweet spot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I was on track. And then also I'm like, wait, what did she ask? Um, I'm like, wait, uh, um, okay, so yeah, I've taken my kids along the whole process, but I also want my kids to know that you can be, you can have a successful business, you can have a successful work life, and you can also have a really fun family life. Yes. Like you don't have to choose. You can work hard. So we always say, let's work hard and play harder. So when we work, we're going to work hard, but then we are going to close that door and we are going to get out in the mountains or we're going to get out on the boat or we're going to do whatever the heck we want to do and we're going to play hard. So our tagline is safe for the fun stuff. So we'll, I mean, we'll say that multiple times a week of, okay, we're going to, we're going to work really hard and we're going to, we're going to try to work and compile it in this amount of time and we're going to save this time. And now we're going to go use it on the fun stuff. So a lot of times people say like, we want to work hard and play hard. But then working gets, working takes up your playtime and it's so easy to do. And I mean, I think we're all guilty of that at some point, but I think you need to make a very conscious effort to, okay, we've worked and we've done a lot and work was, work, work will never be done ever, ever, ever. But now we are going to play. So I think making a conscious effort and taking my kids along in the whole process has, for some reason, really allowed us to have a pretty good balance of the two. 
And I think I'm, I'm a worker at heart, but I'm also a player at heart. And so I want to have two. And I think that I think a lot of people almost are scared to put the effort into playing or they think that playing should always be fun and easy. When you play, especially with a family, it is always work. (laughs) Yeah. It's always, always work. I mean, it's always work to prep. It's always work to clean up. But those memories that you create, you know, you're, they're going to be lasting and the work is always going to be worth it to play. Absolutely. So that is, that's the struggle. That's the struggle of being a business owner is the balance between when to turn work, work on and when to turn work off. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, it reminded me of, you know, this weekend that I just had with my family of going out to the mountains. It's so mentally like, do I want to do the two hour drive with a four month old baby? Like, you know, to go on a hike, but it's always worth it. And then, you know, if you treating, I, when you were speaking, I was thinking like treating your work, like play in a way where, you know, you just go in with a, a fun mindset of like, this is fun to me. Otherwise, you know, why am I doing it? Like, how can we make it fun? Yeah. And I think part of that is finding your purpose and finding your why, you know, if mine was just like, oh my gosh, I've got to do another faux hawk. I've got to teach someone how to do another faux hawk. You know, that would get a little draining on me. But if you have a purpose of, if someone can learn how to do this faux hawk and they save 25 bucks and they go on a mommy daughter date or a mommy son date and they have the best night of their night because they had an extra 25 bucks, like that is like, I'll do another faux hawk tutorial. Like that is worth it to me. That's fun to me. So somehow, and I, my grandpa is such a, such an example of this. He, you know, anytime he said, oh, grandpa, you're coming home from work. He goes, I've never worked a day in my life. If you find something that you love to do, you'll never work a day in your life. And I think with any job, you know, there's never going to be a job or a business that you love 100% of the things and the tasks that you have to do. And that's just reality. And that's fine. Yeah. But you've got to find joy and purpose in your job in order for you to, I guess, be successful and to be like a happy, genuinely happy person. Right. I love that so much because it goes back to that. Like I was saying, the Dharma of your, your value, no matter what your job is and taking that even down to like the tasks of entrepreneurship. Do I love sending emails? No. Is this helping me guide others to deeper compassion and fulfillment, which is mine? You know, it's like, yes, it, it's, it's part of the process. So totally. when the days feel hard of entrepreneurship, I think that's so powerful. Totally. And our, I mean, our tagline is safe for the fun stuff. And we've just recently got into dirt bikes, for example. So, I mean, whatever your thing is, that's your thing. And I think that um, once you've saved, saved for it, then you almost have to force yourself to either spend that money or spend that time yes. doing something. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Of like, of you know, once we've worked so hard, sometimes it's sometimes it's hard to be like, okay, now this is what we were saving for. Let's do it. Does that make sense? So it's absolutely because it's so fun to be able to, um, you know, you. I don't know if your parents always said like it means more if you have to work for it. Yeah, my parents always said it means more if you have to work for it. And so these dirt bikes, I mean, we've saved for them, and we we've said, okay, how many haircuts do we have to give? in order to afford a dirt bike. 
Or how many haircuts do we have to give in order to go on a little family vacation and then work backwards? Okay, I'm going to have to give 36 haircuts. That's going to take me seven months. Perfect. I love that. You know what I mean? So really thinking of that in terms of think, thinking of it in terms of counting backwards. Yeah. What is my end goal? What do I really want? What it, like what would just be so cool to me? And then doing the math and figuring out ways and things that you can do in order to achieve that. Um, a big thing that helped me get over the hump being an entrepreneur and a mom of four and a wife was going back to the very beginning, like, how did I start? I, I remember feeling so bad, even voicing that I wanted more. We were, I was so happy with my life. I was so content with my life. Things were going really great. And I learned that there's a major difference between being content and being complacent. So that was just like this massive light bulb moment of I am completely content and happy in my current life two years ago, but that doesn't mean that I don't have to strive and want something more. Right. So if you, and then, and then learning how to be content in each stage of your life, that's huge. That's powerful because, you know, that's powerful. There's always someone that's going to have more than you. There's always someone that's going to be doing more than you. And we can, we can constantly look at that and be in a stage of like almost self pity, or we can look at that and be very happy for them and find a way to be very content and very happy in our current stage of life. Absolutely. Because ultimately we have no idea if we're going to get, get to the end goal. 100%. Like all we know is that we have right now. And that's kind of what I, I wanted to ask you when you were talking about working backwards and like, when you get to that, like playtime or like that vacation that you've been working towards or whatever it is, or even like your free weekend. Yeah. How, how do you turn off work and be fully present in that? How do you, how do you savor that? Um, Because I know presence, a lot of when I say like live slow, it doesn't necessarily mean like cancel your calendar, go live off the land, hand make everything. It's like really just presence in a way. So how do you kind of prioritize presence, I guess? Oh my word. Well, if I, if I told you that I was an expert at this, (laughs) I would be lying through my teeth. I, this is a constant struggle for me because I am an overachiever in all areas. Feel that. And, um, and, and being a small business owner, my phone is always with me, which means my work is always with me. And so this is a, this is a struggle for me also, but I constantly have to ask myself, why am I doing this? Yeah. And that's a simple question, but if you really will honestly answer that for your, why am I doing this? Am I doing this for money? Not really necessarily. Am I doing this for fame? Not at all. Am I do you know there's a lot of so it's like, why am I doing this? I'm doing this. What is back to my purpose? So I can spend time and money on the people that mean the very most to me. Yes. So when I say, for instance, when we're up in the mountains and I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I had service so I could reply to these emails, it's like I ask myself that question, why am I doing this? I'm doing this so I can be here with my family. And I'm just, so I literally have to set my phone away from me and give myself grace of 
like I've got to take a few minutes to get my brain turned off and then I'm fully there. So my transition is actually kind of a long time. Yeah. It's not like as soon as I hit the fresh air mount or fresh mountain air that my mind is turned off. I have to transition out of work and then back into work. Yes. And I think that's okay. I think that's I think that's okay to like slow it's almost like slowly shutting down the different tabs on your computer. Yes. Shut them down, shut them down, shut them down and now we're going to play hard. I love that. Um, but that's, that's a huge struggle. That's a huge struggle for me, which one that I'm getting better at. Yeah. And I then am, I'll, I'll go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say I'm the exact same way where I need a little bit of buffer time yep. between work and play and knowing that just being aware of it yep. helps, you know, not be so resistant to the process. Like, why can't I turn it off? It's like, no, this is just part of it. This is just part of it. And I think, you know, I think we all have to go through a little bit of that to really be passionate about turning it off and turning it on because there's nothing good coming from your brain working 100% of the time because you're, I mean, because you're there, but then inside you're just, you're going crazy. And then when you're at work, you, all you wish you could do is have a break. Mm-hmm. Well, during your break, all you were doing is wishing you could work. And so we're actually setting ourselves up for failure when we do that is because we're our physically we're giving ourselves this, but emotionally we're not letting ourselves take it. Mm. And so I think, I think we have to get ourselves to that point of like, I can't do this anymore. This is too much work. This is too much effort. I feel like I'm constantly working before we can say, okay, we're working and we are going to work our tails off. Transition, transition, transition. Our bodies are giving us a break. And now our brains, we need to take that break. Yes. And then we'll be, we'll be, um, oh, what is it called? What's that word that I'm thinking when it's like, a, oh, we're, we're going to be reset and we're actually going to work better and we're actually going to be a happier person if we can have both. I love that. Yeah. That is, it's so powerful to, there's research to back this that, powerful and meaningful and deep rest is just as critical for productivity as doing the work. Right. So, you know, you will actually be more creative and, you know, work harder. Right. And more efficiently. Right. I also, as, as much as I hate it, I also think that having an accountability partner is pretty great. Now I have four built-in accountability partners. So I also use that as a gauge because remember, what am I doing this for? I'm doing this for my kids, you know, to be able to spend those times. So anytime one of my kids says, mom, you've been on your phone too long or mom, you're always working instantly. That is like a a non-negotiable rule that I have in my brain. As soon as they say that, it doesn't matter what I'm doing or what deadline I'm up against. It's off, computer's closed, phone's down, and we're going to go spend some quality time. I love that so much. Because that, that for me is like, that's the meter. If they're feeling a major pull, then that's instantly when I know, yeah, I'm working. You are right. I'm working too much and that's not worth it. Nothing's worth the sacrifice of the relationship with your kids and your family. That's so powerful. I love that so much. And, and as being a small business owner, there's never a finish line. Nothing's ever going to be finished. It's just a it's a long marathon and we set ourselves up a lot of times for failure because we do unrealistic deadlines for ourselves 
instead of being very realistic and in those times that we're working, being as productive as possible. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Those unrealistic expectations of entrepreneurs are like the death of a happy entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) The absolute death of an entrepreneur. You are so right. (laughs) I love that. So I really want to talk about the boxes themselves too. Awesome. Because as a mom now, I'm thinking, you know, this sounds really powerful. My kid has no hair yet, but one day he will have hair. And maybe my husband, my husband, when I told him like what you do and the idea of like, what if I got a haircut box and I cut your hair? He was like, heck no. He, he looked at me like I was crazy. So I think in his head, like, you know, it's just going to go horribly wrong. Totally. How do you teach women or teach, not women, any parent, I guess, to to cut hair and do it in a way that's not like boring. (laughs) Okay. So this is just like, this is a huge question and I'm going to try to answer this as simply as possible. So my boxes are designed for normal moms and dads. I mean, I've been doing hair, like I said, professionally for 13 years. And so I know all the rules that you're supposed to follow. I know all the basics. I know all the advanced techniques. I now have, I've broken down these haircuts into very simple steps. So normal moms, normal dads can be like, I can, I know how to hold a clipper. I know how to hold some scissors. I know exactly where I'm supposed to start, you know, to part the hair. So I feel like I've created a really good technique for moms and dads who have never cut hair before. Mm. Um, it's been, that's been one of the absolute coolest parts about the haircut box. Someone will buy a box, someone will give a haircut and they'll send me a message like, I have no idea how this just happened, but I just gave a really awesome haircut <laughs> by following um, like the, so I have step-by-step tutorials. So when you get your box, in there will be a instruction pamphlet of multiple haircuts that I go through absolutely every little step and they ha- and it has a picture. So whether you learn by reading, whether you learn by pictures or whether you learn by video, I have you covered. The other the other thing with, you know, with my haircut boxes, I get people saying that all the time like absolutely not a <laughs> chance, no way. I will never give home haircuts. <laughs> Um, which makes sense. It can be totally intimidating. And I also think that there's a really bad connotation with the word home haircut. Maybe. <laughs> so my goal is yeah, home haircut. You're like, oh my gosh, the poor kid, his mom must've given him a home haircut. <laughs> my goal is to not teach home haircut looking haircuts. I want to teach you how to give really cool looking haircuts at home. Like we all want cool looking kids. We all want our kids to have like a cool haircut, you know? And so, which is why I have taken these really trending haircuts and broken them down into little bite-sized pieces. So we start at like a basic haircut. Once Once you learn the basics, then you can mix and match different techniques to basically get any haircut you want. Also with the boxes, when I was very first putting them together, I wanted to make sure that I could fully 100% sell these boxes with confidence. And so I tried out dozens and dozens and dozens of tools. I spent thousands of dollars and thousands of hours trying out, you know, tools that cost $20, 
clear up like everything in between like a clipper that cost $350. And I, so I bought one of everything and I wanted to, I wanted to be able to put my stamp of approval. And honestly, I give a really good haircut. I could not give a decent haircut with a cheap pair of clippers. It was so hard for me. And I thought if I can't do it and I've given hundreds of haircuts, a normal mom won't be able to do it. And I think that's a big problem with people that try to do it at home with just like cheap stuff. Their haircut doesn't turn out. They're frustrated with it. It's pulling the hair. And then actually what they have to do is they have to spend more money and take them into the salon to get it fixed. And so my goal with the box is I wanted to provide really high quality tools to give you, to set you up for success. I wanted to give you a box full of everything that had my stamp of approval. So when you bought my box, I would teach you how to do it from step one to 20. And you would also be really confident in the tools that you were using and weren't wasting money on cheap stuff that you had bought at Target. I love that. And what has some of the, what has the response been from some of these parents? I mean, is it the time that they love with their kids? Is it, you know, what, what is it? Um, You know, that's been a really cool part. Everyone has a different situation and everyone has bought the box for a different reason. But majority of people say it's the time. I mean, me loading four kids up and taking them into the salon and keeping them happy in the salon while they get the haircuts. And I mean, it's just the whole ordeal is just like, that's the last thing I want to do. So most people um, say it's the convenience and the time that they're saving. Yeah. And they don't have to try to fit an appointment into their already busy lives. Um, They can do appointment or they can do haircuts at home at nine o'clock at night, right before bath time. They can do it before school. I mean, it's just the convenience factor is so huge. And then time saving, or I mean, money savings. There, I've got so many messages that actually make me cry every single time. One of them that I absolutely loved was this. Look at me, I'm already getting emotional about it. This mom said that they um, had been married eight years and have always wanted to go on a family vacation, but they've never had any extra money to do that. And they've had the haircut box for 14 months. And saved enough to go on their dream family vacation that they've always wanted to go on. I have chills. And things like that are just like, isn't that so unbelievably cool? So cool. You know, and the mom said, I thought we would probably never be able to go on a vacation like this. And with the haircut box, they had four boys. They saved $100 a month. Wow. Which is bizarre. Like it's bizarre that... Just through haircuts, they were able to go on a family vacation and create memories. So that's a huge thing is is money savings. And I understand that the box is an investment. Right. Actually, that on purpose, I could have easily put really cheap tools in there, but they probably would have broke after three or four months. And so my goal was to put really high quality tools so it would be a one-time investment. And then actually your box will just pay for itself over and over and over and over. So that's really cool. Um, And the third reason people buy the box is for quality time. And I think, you know, I'm already starting to sense that with my kids. My oldest is nine and he's, you know, now super excited with friends and, and I'm almost feeling like our quality time is slipping through my fingers. And so when I give him a haircut, it's just our time to sit there and chat and have a really good time together. So 
you know, that triple combo, I, I don't know if there's a better triple combo out there that you can find time, money, quality time with your kids. So you nailed it. I mean, such a creative way to give so much more to families than just at home haircuts. Like that's been a huge, that's what so many people have said. I ha- I bought this box knowing that it would be a good idea, having absolutely no idea the impact that it would have on my family. That's, that's the message that I get weekly, almost sometimes daily. Gosh, I, I have chills. That's incredible. I'm so glad. I'm, I'm just so happy for you also for what you've built for the sake of others and for yourself. It just has to be so fulfilling. And yeah, and even, you know, I'm thinking, even if our listeners, even if you don't have kids, the quality time with anyone you love, you know, like invite your whole friend group over and say, I just bought this haircut box. Right. I'm going to do everything here, you know? Yeah, right. I have a few moms and they're like, you know, we never see my, you know, or like they never see their parents. And they're like, my dad comes over now every three weeks to get his haircut. Oh my God. And it's like our little date. Yes. That's incredible. That you never get as an adult. Yeah. You never ever get to spend that time with your kids. And she's like, I know it's only 20 minutes, but it is really special time that I get to spend with my dad. That's amazing. Amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for everything you've shared. I I truly think you are such... I have so much admiration for you and how you have just created something so deep and meaningful. And, you know, I hope that for all of our listeners that, you know, they can find something that makes, you know, mean so much more to them. And also, I hope that they will get your haircut box and try (laughs) incorporating that into their their life. But um, can you tell everyone how they can find you and, you know first of all, buy the box, but also, you know, learn from you as well. For sure. Okay. So our website is www. Well, <laughs> our website is www.thehaircutbox.com and you can shop all the boxes on there. We have a ton of great add-ons, a ton of great combos. If you have boys and girls, we have a combo box. Um, so that's where all of our products are, but you'll also want to follow us on Instagram at the haircut box because I, I, post IGTVs, full tutorials on multiple boy and girl haircuts, plus reels with a lot of great tips and tricks to help any haircut. Um, And then usually during the day during stories, we will talk about a few haircut tricks as well. So make sure you follow us on Instagram and hop over to to our website to get yourself a box. Oh, incredible. Ashley, thank you so, so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast that I'm so flattered. That was so fun. Thank you guys so much again for being here, for listening to Ashley and I. I am so eternally grateful for you all. And I would love to hear from you, your thoughts on the podcast, or just to hear that you're listening and how you spent your day with us. So feel free to connect with us on Instagram. You can always email us storytelling at tialaray.com. Or if you're feeling really crazy, you could subscribe and leave a review. (gasps) I love that so much. Okay, thanks for listening. Love you all. Mwah.